I'm Nicole Stevens. Come join me and let's walk with Jesus. Hey friends, thanks for listening in this week. Um, I try to come up with topics based on kind of what God is teaching me at the time or maybe just some things that I've been reflecting about and thinking about. And I think something that constantly comes up for me and probably y'all too is just um, how we're supposed to interact in different relationships that we have Um, and relationships when they're good and fuzzy and nice are easy they're nice Um, they're not really difficult to go through they're like you know super beneficial and um, fruitful and happy and no waves are being made but um, you know that's just not really realistic to be that way all the time even if it's your super close friends um, there's just always something you know coming up in friendships or you know with your boss or Um, your spouse or strangers or whoever it might be Um, just human interactions with each other can be tough and as Christians it's sometimes difficult to know how to be Um, and I've been kind of just I don't want to say researching but also researching on um, what the Bible has to say about trust and um, I don't know I feel like Forgiveness and trust can be kind of confusing to me. (laughs) It doesn't sound like it should be confusing, but it is. So for me, I think if somebody sins against me, um, it's easy for me to forgive them if, uh, well, you know, if I have a choice of not having to deal with them anymore. I don't know that if that makes any sense. So if you do something against me and I can say, okay, you know what? I forgive you and I forgive what you've done to me, um, but I don't have to associate with you anymore. (laughs) So I don't really know if that's true forgiveness there. Um, Or, hey, you know, I forgive you and we still have to be in a relationship um, and see each other and interact or whatever. um, But I don't know if I can trust you anymore. So I think those things can be really hard uh, just to kind of know how to proceed in the, you know, future of the the friendship or the relationship or um, the interaction, whether it's, you know, whoever it can be. So anyways, I think as I was looking through the Bible just to kind of see what it says, I mean, we, we know the basics of, you know, turn the other cheek and forgive your brother seven times 70 and, um, and things like that. And so I don't think that I really found anything too conflicting with that. Um, I am reading in my own quiet time, uh, the book of, I just finished up Leviticus. I'm in numbers right now. And so that's kind of like a different, you know, dispensation, different stage of, uh, not a lot of grace. It was a lot of rules. It was a lot of, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. And, um, and so trying to apply how things are supposed to be today, obviously Leviticus numbers was not written to me. Um, there's more towards, you know, well, that was actually directly towards the Israelites and the, um, uh, the Levite priest. Um, I'm like Leviticus priest. What am I saying? I don't know. So anyways, that doesn't really apply, but, uh, looking more into what the word of God says, I find again, more about love and treating each other in love, even if the person's done you wrong. Um, and so 
kind of want to go into that. I do want to preface it by saying, I think our, and I've said this before, I think that our world now is so cheap grace and cheap love, meaning that it's not really founded on, uh, you know, who God is in the Bible and exactly what he says. So a lot of times when we talk about love or we talk about grace, we also forget to talk about truth, like what God wants us to say and, um, you know, about fearing God and it not just be about, you know, fluffy, squishy marshmallows. You know, there's some um, hard things that we we are called to do. So I'm not trying to be uh, cheap when I talk about these things, but I do think um, what God w- was leading me in was more about, uh, love. So I want to talk about that and that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, I think it is still okay to draw some boundaries and definitely still speak truth. Uh, we don't want to, you know, play pretend or enable people's behavior, but, um, our actions towards them is a lot more about love than it is about making sure they pay for what they've done or treating them accordingly. So, um, and I think that it is when people do us wrong, it's hard to show grace to them. Um, or, you know, maybe if somebody acts, you know, ignorantly and kind of stupid and it's easy to be like, wow, you're a moron, you know what I mean? But, um, but man, we sure like it when grace is applied to us. And there's been plenty of times where I have been really slow in learning, you know, or even rebellious. And when people, you know, still spoke truth and love to me. And still drew boundaries, but then when I got to a point with, you know, either will where I was willing to be repentive and see repentive, repentant, whatever word goes there, um, or you know, if I was just immature in my understanding, and once I became more mature in that, and then I was like, wow, I can't believe I was such an idiot, you know. But I was thankful to the people that showed me grace, and you know. Again, still spoke truth and love to me, still, um, you know, didn't like enable behavior or anything like that, um, or enabled me to believe in something that was not true, but that still lovingly, you know, didn't make me feel like an idiot and, and wasn't condescending to me and, and harsh and things like that. Um, so I think we have to remember that too, how we're treating other people, you know, what's the Bible say, like how we like to be treated. Uh, we sure love ourselves and, you know, want to, um, want people to love us like we love ourselves, but for us to love others like we love ourselves is pretty tough. Um, so one of the verses that God brought me to is Hebrews ten twenty four, and it says, um, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And then it proceeds to talk about, you know, don't forsake the gathering, meet each other so you can edify and exhort and stuff. Um, But just thinking about that and really really reflecting on let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. And it's hard to provoke somebody to love and to good works when you're being ugly or when you're being harsh or nasty or um, unforgiving. And what you do is you provoke them to wrath and, um, and to, you know, also respond in the flesh. And so if I really love somebody I want to provoke them to do the things of the Lord I don't want to provoke their flesh so if I'm acting my flesh I'm going to provoke their flesh and that's just fighting the way you know Satan fights and our flesh fights um it's against you know the verse of you know our our war isn't against flesh and blood but the principalities and powers of this world and so we have to be careful 
to really keep that in focus. And then C.S. Lewis said, love is not affectionate feeling, but a steady wish for the loved person's ultimate good as far as it can be obtained. And so if you really say that you love somebody and you know that God has called us to love everybody, then how can we really show love to somebody if we're not acting in their ultimate good? Because that's really a selfless, sacrificial love is to act for that other person's ultimate good. And think about that's what Jesus did for us, right? He acted for our ultimate good, um, not because, you know, he owed it to us or that we were worthy somehow. He was fully justified to let us, you know, um, die in our sins and go to hell. But he sacrificed himself for um, because he he loved us for our ultimate good. He did whatever he needed to do for our ultimate good, and he still does. Um, and then another quote from C.S. Lewis says, Do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will presently come to love him. And isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things. If you wait till you feel like it, and that goes across, you know, for anything that God commands us to do. If you wait till you feel like it, you might just be waiting till you die because you're in this human flesh and you ain't going to feel like doing a whole lot of stuff. So if you just go ahead and, and just start walking and pressing in to the Lord and his strength and his wisdom and doing what he's telling us to do, um, because you know, you can trust him, then you're going to find that, um, that you're going to, your feelings will start matching up with what God's commanded you to do. And then uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 14 through 21. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but uh, condescend to men of low estate. Do not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place into wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good." And, oh, golly, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure that, you know, any one of you can think of somebody right off the bat of somebody who's wronged you in the past or is wronging you presently. And I think that um, when we decide that we're going to take things in our own hands, in our own control, um, we forget that we're not omniscient. We're not all knowing. We're not all powerful. We don't know what the big picture is. And then we end up getting in the way of the Lord. And so if we can just obey God, trust him, and then just let him handle it. You know, man, there's a lot less drama in our lives, right? Um, so I think that, you know, again, we all have problems with people and people probably have problems with us at times, right? Um, but I think it's so important that no matter who it is, like I said, if it's maybe just somebody that you see at the store and it, occasion and they give you nasty looks or I don't know um or you know people like bosses or uh friends or whatever um or just people uh neighbors you can make sure that every night when you go to pray and read the word of God that you're praying for them by name a lot of times we want to 
pray vengeance on somebody. Oh, Lord, I just pray that you bring justice to me and that you punish them and uh, you burn their house down. Okay, maybe not that, but like, you know, we're usually praying some type of vengeful prayers. Um, But if you think about how Jesus prayed, you know, when God, when he talked to God, the Father, um, and how we ought to pray, we should say like, Father, please um, open their eyes so that they can see you. Help them to really know who you are. Help them to surrender their life to you so that you are Savior and, and King of their of their life and their heart and help them to uh, live their lives for you. Man, how radically different would they look and would our relationship look with them and then, you know, um, really praying for their best. And uh, I think sometimes we lose sight of really what the whole purpose of life is and what would really be their best. My best is not for, you know, if I have a problem with my neighbor, for my neighbor to move out of my neighborhood, (laughs) you know, like, oh, that would just bring peace to my family and peace to my neighbors. And, uh, and it would just be so great if you just move them out of here. And that, like, what does that make any sense? Like, how does that really, um, give glory to God and how does that really help their life if we really love somebody we want their best and their best is to know the Lord and then uh, Charles Spurgeon said earnest intercession will be sure to bring love with it I do not believe you can hate a man for whom you habitually pray if you dislike any brother Christian pray for him doubly not only for his sake but for your own that you may be cured of prejudice and saved from all unkind feeling Okay, I just also want to say, like, my kids are so loud in the hallway. Like, I put a sound machine outside my door so that the microphone wouldn't pick it up. But you might hear some kids screaming, and it's not me doing anything to them. <laughs> They're just playing. Um, so, First John 4, that's a really good book um, anyway. But if you read that chapter, um, there's so much there's so much in it uh, about how we ought to love. And so, I'm going to read... A good portion of it. I'm not going to read all the verses. It's going to kind of jump around just, you know, to save me reading the whole chapter to you. Um, but verse four, it says, ye are, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we have to remember when we're interacting with others, we're just living our everyday life. Like we have the almighty God inside of us. So the fact that we act so defeated or so depressed or so bothered or so offended is kind of really selfish and ridiculous. And I do this myself all the time. It's um, really annoying that I'm not remembering and focused on that almighty God lives inside me. All powerful God lives inside me. Super, super all loving God lives inside me. And so I have to remember um, greater is he in me. Uh, than he that is in the world. And then verses 7 through 11, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the perpetuation for our sin beloved if God so loved us we ought also to love one another so it's like hey you know what we need to love each other God loved us he sent his son to die for us uh, because he loved us so much he wanted to save us from our sins so if God loved us you need to love each other Um, and then verses 17 through 21 kind of 
keeps driving the point home. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hated his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God love his brother also. Again, can you take um, just an inventory of your heart and of the actions of your life and say, do I hate my brother? Is there anybody in my life that I hate or that I constantly complain against? Because I think that's kind of not loving, right? Um, and if you're doing that, write their name down in an index card. If you've got a lot of names, write them down. Um, and then every night when you read your Bible, like I said, every night, you probably do it in the morning. And I hear it's better to do it in the morning. It really works for me to do it at night. But whenever you read your, your Bible or whenever you pray, have that index card of those people's names and pray over them. And then pray for your heart and your attitude towards them. And then I think you'll see that God starts softening your heart and starts um, helping you see them the way that he sees them. And that's so, so good and so important because how great would it be if somebody felt, I don't know, ugly feelings towards me and they prayed for me. And then in turn, I mean, we were doing, it was like great for both of us because their heart was softened towards me and they were praying prayers for me. And, you know, I mean, that's really loving, but oftentimes we don't want to pray for each other. And if we want to pray, if we're mad at somebody, we're praying, um, usually some type of vengeance, like we're telling like, dad, guess what so-and-so did? I want to see some punishment around here. That's what my kid says. <laughs> so we have to remember like, um, man, as a mom, I would love to see my kid come up and instead of saying, so-and-so did this, I want to see some punishment around here. If, if he was like, hey, you know, so-and-so did this, but I told him like, hey, let's play this game instead. And let's, uh, let me show you like something better to do. Or, um, mom, can we pray for my sister? Because I think we've been fighting a lot lately and there hasn't really been peace. And I want there to be peace between us. And I want her to know that I really love her. And I just feel like we've been fighting a lot, you know, just how parents as parents, we want to see our kids get along, you know, how much more does the father in heaven want, uh, to see us, loving each other down here and not everybody is our brother and sister in Christ because not everybody believes in Christ but how much more are we supposed to treat those who don't know Christ even better because we have the almighty God living inside of us we have his strength we know truly what love is so how how are we not loving them better um, and treating them even better so that they can see Christ in us we are to be the light of the world right um, and again not only in love but also in truth you know the salt in the light um but we ain't supposed to be too salty so all right let's talk about the song i'm going to add to the playlist it is called anchor for my soul it's by deeper wells and josh carroll's um i really like the vibe of the song it's just kind of i want to say bluesy but it's just different than a lot of the um christian songs you hear and i mean i like christian music but i really like 
this type of vibe music. Okay, that's not what it's called. I don't know. Uh, but here's some of the lyrics. It is, I have seen enough to know that your love's the only anchor for my soul. So please don't you ever let me go. If you do, I will be lost forever, Lord. Swept away by the waves of the storm, O Lord of the wind and the waves. If you're with us, we will not be afraid. No storm can ever separate us from Jesus. You're mighty to save all of those who will call on your name. Alleluia, Jesus, Lord of all. Alleluia, Jesus, lead us on. So I don't really know exactly what he means when he says, so please don't ever let me go. He might not mean anything by it, um, but I just want to reiterate, I don't believe you can lose your salvation. Um, but we know without Christ, we are utterly and completely lost and without hope. Um, and he's our anchor and our lifeboat. And so um, check out that song. I'll link the playlist to the show notes. And if you have any questions, prayer requests, or need a physical Bible, feel free to DM me on Instagram at walkwithjesuspodcast or email me at walkwithjesuspodcast at gmail.com. And I'll talk to y'all next Monday. <laughs>